Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. People, if you feel comfortable, is you might want to just put your chairs a bit closer and some of you might, well, I'm serious, some of you might want to move, just put your chairs in. You've got permission to just, uh, holy carnage. Yeah, Jonathan's just like this to, to Jonathan, Johnny Chandler, come and sit in his knee. We don't want any of that, okay? I wonder if we could also, because I, I always like it, just put the light, just one set of lights up, just a bit more, if that's great. And just come in a little bit. I don't know, Vinny, whether you want to come a little bit closer, so you're, you're quite happy there. And Boo and, and Anne, if you want to c- come in. Because I, I just want to, I literally want to want to talk to you um, around some things that have really been on my mind uh, and I think it's an important foundational word for uh, arena, okay? Um, now, Jonathan said I'm going to talk a little bit more about prayer and, prayer and fasting. All I'm going to say to you is, uh, on the back of what Jonathan said, it's something that we do in arena church. We do have some information if people want to know, well, what is this praying? What is this particularly fasting? Um, we've got a, a, a book out there that you can have a look. It talks about the different fasts from the Bible. It's not something that we put a three-line whip on anybody. We don't have the fasting police coming out and asking you what you're doing. Okay, it's, it's something that we encourage people to do. And my conviction over the last five years as a church that we've been doing this, the more we've done it, the more significant and influential uh, God's name has become through the ministry. Uh, of Arena Church on a personal level the more that I've leaned in the more God has done in me and the more God has changed me for for the better Um, and so that is why we do it it's just about giving God the very first um, of of our of our of our life and 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 surrender so if you would like to know more about that then please take one of those uh, books uh, at the end and we'll get them available uh, for you I want to talk to you tonight about it's worth it We've got some some mums out there. Some of you are, uh, are mums, or you've you've worked in the care industry, um, and sometimes it can feel like a thankless task, can't it, mums? There's very few thank yous. There's very few people who say, "Oh, that was wonderful." You know that you get some. Whereas they get older, it's a bit more of a grunt, <clears throat> you know, kind of context. And I always sought to be a, a, a good son to my mom, mom. But I know there was times when I didn't flow with as much gratitude as I should have done. And and I'm sure my mom at times thought to herself, "Is this worth it?" Is, is this worth it? I don't know whether any of you have ever been in a caring profession. We've got uh, uh, you know, a couple of people who've, who've worked in schools teaching and uh, you know, we, we've got people in our church who are in the care uh, you know, environment with nursing and in care homes. And, and, and again, it can be a thankless task. And you could ask yourself, is it worth it? Now, you need to understand something. I've been um, doing this thing called church, as in being involved in leadership of a church, and certainly for the last many years, 15 plus years, leading, absolutely leading the church. And I have a confession to make. Sometimes I've thought, is it worth it? Is, Is it really worth it? And that's what I want to speak into uh, tonight because this is a really foundational word and it's a foundational word if you're a Christian, you've been a Christian for a while, I think it's going to help you and it will encourage you. And if some of you are new to faith or on a faith journey, then I think this is going to help you as well 
to get some clarity and to just lay some foundation in your own heart. And I also, as another layer, that I think it's going to speak into really the fabric of what we're endeavouring to do here in this little corner of Nottingham. Because there's going to be times when we gather together like this and we're going to say, is it worth it? What's, what's going on here is you know because it's not popping as we want it to pop it's not growing as we want it to grow it's not as you know all together as we want it to be and we're going to come away we may not verbalize it but in our hearts we're thinking what was all that about I want to tell you it's worth it it's worth it so I want to give you a bible verse and it's found in 1 Corinthians 15 I haven't put anything on the media so you're just going to have to take your own notes and uh, but it's found in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58 And it reads, with all this going on for us, my dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of Jesus, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. And this has been my musings for a, for a few months, really. I, th- I think about a lot of things, but this is you know, Jonathan's reflections. This has been one of my reflections that, is it worth it? It is worth it. I was talking to a friend of mine who leads a great organisation that's involved in planting churches across America and across the world. And they do a remarkable job. And I was just talking to him about this particular thought. And I said, Michael, it's worth it. What we're about, it's worth it. We might only be small, but it's worth it. It's worth doing what we're doing. And it just started to really grow in me more and more. Because there's many times that we can feel like quitting. There's many times we can feel like it's a waste of time. There's many times it could feel like a lost cause. Listen to me, some of you guys who are on the worship team and who, and who set up and who were here, here far earlier than everybody else, I want to say to you all, it's worth it. it. Sometimes it might not feel like it's worth it, but it's worth it. Richard, thank you for leading the charge on all things to do with the, with the maintenance. And there'll be times when you'll be thinking, is this worth it? These ungrateful, like I painted all these walls and we've got you know, hand paws all over it and people kicking it and not taking it. I want to say, it's worth it. It's worth it. You know, and we have to remind ourselves because sometimes it could feel like it's a lost cause. We could feel like it's a waste of time. We We get tired. We get discouraged. Now, discouragement is one of the greatest opponents of God. If you are new to faith here, I want to say the one thing that, the, that Satan, the enemy, will try and do with you is discourage you. It's a very simple tactic. It's happened to me time and time again. It's not usually the big thing. It's just a seed of, of discouragement that's sown in my heart. And, it, and, and if we water it, and often it goes like this. Something's not happened how I wanted to go. There's a seed that goes in. And then I start to think, oh, look at Nathan. Look what I did for Nathan. He's not grateful. He's not thankful. And then I move on. And look what I did for Caroline. And she didn't even say thank you. I'm watering the seed. Anybody done it here? You don't have to own up. Discouragement. Discouragement. It's one of the greatest opponents of God. And discouragement will take us to a place where we say, it's not worth it. And I want to tell you you tonight, it is worth it. It is worth it. You know, as we trust in people, we'll become disappointed. That's why we're not encouraged to trust in people or hope in people. We're encouraged to hope only in God. 
2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, again Paul says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. And at times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. I'm saying all this as part of an introduction because I just want to share three thoughts with you, but I think it's important to lay the foundation because there have been many times I've felt like quitting. I felt like giving up. I felt like quitting out on my Christian faith. I felt like quitting out on the church. I felt like quitting out on Arena Church. I felt like quitting out on, you know, what are we doing here? You know, and there's times when those things can come to us, but we have to keep reminding ourselves that quitting is not an option. Why? Because it's worth it. I don't want us all to go like a Tony Robbins seminar. Hey, it's worth it. I'm not trying, but it's worth it, guys. It's worth what we're doing. It's worth the pressure. It's worth the difficulty. And I'll come on to it in a moment why that is. As I look over Nottingham, and as I look over the city of Nottingham, in my limited understanding and experience of this city, I don't even live in this city, and yet we've shopped here and we've lived around it in, in, in many ways and we've, we've, we've ate around it, because there's some great eateries in Nottingham, and uh, some of you have lived here and have studied here and are studying here. I want to say there are many, many challenges in this city. There are many challenges there are many difficulties. There is much to do in this city, guys. That is why we're here. We may only be a few in number at the moment, but God has got many people in this city. God has got many people that he's wanting us to touch. God has got many people that he's wanting us to reach with the other great churches around the city. But we've been called to this corner of the city to make a difference. Why? Because in Nottingham there are many lost people. There are many broken people. There are many arrogant people. There are many defeated people. There are lots of sinful people. There's a lot of selfish people. There's a lot of resentful people. There's a lot of rebellious people. All these kinds of issues that are around this city. Some of you study here. You know some of them. Some of you work here. You know some of them. Some of you live here. You live next door to some of these people I've described. And by the way, some of you may be those people that I've just described. Yes. Because Nottingham is full of very, very broken people. I thought about reading it and then I didn't and then I, I am going to read it because it's a quote that I absolutely love that often when I read it again and remind myself when I feel like I've had a seed of discouragement it just encourages me to go again that, and it says to me Christian is worth it it's a quote not from the Bible but interestingly it's from a son of this city by the name of General William Booth who interestingly General William Booth you know the story he owned they owned, Salvation Army owned this building. That's great, isn't it? I love the fact that there's some history to this building. And this is one of his most famous quotes. And you must understand, even today, the Salvation Army is one of the greatest charitable organisations that brings aid and relief to people's lives across the world. It's amazing. And this is what Booth says. He says, while women weep, as they do now, I'll fight. While children go hungry, as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drinkard left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the street, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight, I'll fight to the very end. Booth, there was a rallying cry to the Salvation Army of that time, and this is what it was saying. If I was to summarise 
Salvation Army, it's worth it. It's worth it for the little girl. It's worth it for the woman who's on the street. It's worth it for the guy who's in and out of prison. It's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it. And guys, I want you to know, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, guys, whatever you do in Arena Church, from Arena Church, in the name of Jesus, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm going to quote this man on the front. He often quotes other people. Jonathan sent a, a WhatsApp a, a message out to a, to a few of the guys who were involved in Nottingham. And he used a, a Bible verse from Philippians 1.22. And he says, if I'm going to go on and living in the body, this will remain fruitful labour, will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? And then Jonathan, this is what you wrote. Fruitful labour will come as we choose to work hard, in brackets, graft in 2020. Turning up when it's easier not to. Going above and beyond with that new person when it's easier to just say hi and move on. Turning up on a cold and rainy night when it's more comfortable watching TV. And praying hard for others when it's easier to pray for our own needs. Let's stand out, be different and be the light as we establish this coming year in Nottingham. I want to say it's worth it. It's worth it. And our life in Jesus and the mission of carrying the gospel, the life-changing message to this world, is worth it. But it has to be contended for. Because this, this is the key, and it's very important that you understand this. Christianity is not a playground, it's a battleground. Christianity is not a playground, it's a, it's a battleground. If you want to play at this, you're in the wrong place because you're not going to get along very, very well. It's not a playground. It is a battleground. And there are three things that I just want to simply encourage you with as we take this thought of it's worth it. And these are things that have helped me over you know, a 28-year journey of serving Jesus in a leadership context, but certainly over a 35-plus year of being a Christian. The first thing I want to say is this. It starts with pursuing and finding God. It starts with pursuing and finding God. If you want to keep this, this, this thought alive in you that it's worth it, it starts only by pursuing and finding God. You see, once we lose sight of God, once we lose sight of what we're here to do, once we lose sight of the, the reason for why we're here, it all becomes meaningless. And it's very easy for people to lose God. One of the things that was, uh, always makes me laugh is in Luke in chapter 2. Uh, you could just put it down if, if you want on your notes. We're not going to read it. But it's, it's found where Jesus is only 12 and he goes into the temple with his mum and dad and then they go off back to the hometown and they leave him there. It took them three days to realise that they'd lost God. Three days that they lost God. They didn't, they didn't even know that Jesus wasn't with them. Now, I was thinking when I read it, even this week, I was thinking, if that would have been my wife, she would have been having you know, palpitations. She would have been, would have been having to resuscitate her. Because if they come out of her sight eye, she used to get panicked about our, our four, four kids. But here they are, Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph actually lost God. How funny is that? But this is the point. We can easily lose God as well. We can easily lose sight of why we do what we do. So we must maintain a pursuit and a search for God. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And listen to me tonight, if you 
are trying to make sense of your life, if you are trying to make sense of your purpose and your destiny, then I want to encourage you tonight to pursue God, pursue the things of God, search out, ask questions, read books, get in the Bible. Just do what you need to do to pursue God. For some of us who have been Christians for years, I want to encourage you to really lean into this 21 days of prayer and fasting because this is where we find God. You see, God is found in the secret places. God is found in those places. I've often found in those, in those secret places, I usually find God in the quiet places, in the place of solitude, I find God. And God speaks. And I want to encourage some of you guys to really go pursuing and searching for God. See, some of us need to know God more. Ephesians 1 verse 17, there's a prayer there and it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. See, it starts with pursuing and finding God. If we wanna know that it's worth it, we've gotta go after that pursuit of God. Now, some of you might be here tonight and saying, okay, well, that's fine, but I like pursuing all the pleasures of this world. I've just got a caution before I go to point two. Yes, it's found in the Bible, but I've seen the Bible lived out in many, many people's lives who I've interacted with. Because this is what it says in Ecclesiastes 2 verse 10. The king who had everything said this, anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labours. But as I looked at everything I'd worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. Like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. And this is my point. This king had pursued everything outside of God. He pursued all the pleasures indulged himself with all kinds of things, the finery of life, the luxuries of life. And this is what he said. When he looked on, he said, it's all meaningless. So don't please tell me, I've seen it in the Bible, but I've talked to lots of people. And this would be their story. Who have said, we've tried everything. But it all becomes meaningless and sterile. Please, can I encourage you to pursue God? Some of you students, even though you're getting a good education, great, I love it, but pursue God. Some of you are building careers and building financial bases. I love it, great, go, go get it, but don't lose sight of God. Some of you who have an aspiration for ministry, great, I love the fact that you wanna get on in ministry and do great things, but don't lose the sight of God even in the midst of ministry because let me tell you, it's possible. Number two, if we want to get to the point, a foundational word, it starts with that pursuit of God. But secondly, we've got to find hope in our futures. We've got to find hope in our futures because it's worth it. And every time I've lost hope in my future, it becomes not worth it. Yeah? I talk. Am I on? I don't think I'm even on. I'm on? Okay, okay. I've, I've talked to lots and lots of people who live very hopeless lives and they live very hopeless lives because they actually don't believe they've got a future. But I have a big announcement to make. Are you listening? Are you all on the edge of your seats? It's a massive announcement. You have a future and it's bright and it's full of promise. 
And it doesn't matter which road you've been on, where you've been, or how bad you've been, or how severe you've been, or you know, how pathetic you've been. None of those things count. I want to tell you, in Christ, you have a future. You have a future. It's a big announcement. But the point is this. If you're on the wrong road, you need to get on the correct road. You need to exit the road. Some of you need to exit the road of your mother, mum and dad, your father and your mother. You need to exit the road because that will lead you somewhere where it's not going to lead you into a bright future. Some people need to leave the pathway of indulgent pleasure because they're on this pathway to just, just indulge themselves. That won't lead you into a bright future. And some people need to terminate the motorway of misery. You're on a motorway. Literally, you're on this motorway. But it's a motorway taking you to misery. It really is. You need to exit that because in that road, there is no hope for the future. You may say, well, where is this road where I can find hope for the future? Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 13, come to God through the narrow gate, through the narrow road, because wide is the gate and broad is the path that leads to destruction and nearly everyone chooses that crowded road. Let me just help you to understand, Jesus was explaining there's two ways, there's two roads, there's a road that's very narrow and that's the road to God. And he actually himself says, there aren't many that are going on that road. But that's the road that will lead you to God and that's the road that will lead you to a hope in your future. But there's another road. There's another, there's, a, there's another road. There's quite a big road. It's a broad road. And it looks like everybody's going on there, there but that road will lead you to destruction. I sometimes want to stand on my soapbox. I haven't got a hobby horse. We went past Hyde Park at the, at the last weekend as we drove through London. And I was telling the, the two younger children, that's where people stand on the soapboxes and preach about all kinds of things. And by the way, I'm not on a soapbox and I'm not on a hobby horse, but I do just want to sometimes shout out to them, what on earth are you on about? There's a road that's narrow, but it leads to Jesus. But you're going down a road that's wide and it will lead you to destruction. I'd, like, I'd love to get in confetti the, the college. I'd love to get in Trent University. I'd love to get into University of Nottingham. Not because I'm the smartest or the cleverest, but I'd love to just announce, I'd love to get on the platform in Nottingham and say to them, guys, why do you keep going on down a road that's going to lead you to destruction? There's a better road for you to choose. It's the road called Jesus. And that will lead you to a hope in your future. You may say, how do I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, there's a verse that I committed to memory and some of you would do well to commit this to memory. Some of you need to take these ver this verse down. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Because it says there, God announces, for I know the plans I have for you, declares me, God. They are plans for God and not for disaster. Listen to this, get this, to give you a future and a hope, and a hope. God says, I have a, a life that I want to grant to you and it's full of future and it's full of hope. I want to say this message, this Jeremiah 29 is going to be a bit of an anthem 
for the year in the campus when I wrote it down because we're having a lot of people who were coming here who feel hopeless, wrecked up, you know, boozed up, drugged up, smacked up, whatever up you want to talk about, all right? They're, they're in a, they're just, they just know how, okay? There's an Ilkeston phrase, okay? And this is going to be our anthem because we are going to announce from this platform, we're going to announce from these four walls and it's going to go into the city. There is a future hope and it's found in Jesus. Yes, we're going to commit to that. And as we use the last Sunday of every month, we're calling it the big invite, aren't we? The big invite, we'll talk about that. The big invite, we're going to use those nights to use stories to tell people of, of how, you know, God has got a future and has got a hope for them all. Last point that I want to say, because it's worth it, guys. Just tap the neighbour, you're all dropping to sleep now and I'm nearly done. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. We have a future hope. So that stops me, Richard, from believing that I've, you know, when it feels like it's not worth it, I start to remind myself, as you do, as Jonathan does, as Jack needs to, as we all need to. No, when I start to get my eyes on that future hope, it begins to be worth it. Yeah? When I take my eye off that, oh, is it worth it? But the third thing I want to say is this. Really important. So these are some of my life things that I've had to live with. And I live with this stuff, and Caroline can tell you. I have miserable days. I have days when I'm not too clever and, you know, life isn't all dandy. I have to do like what you do. I have to just encourage myself in the Lord my God. But it's worth it. And the third thing is this. I have to get up again, no matter how bad I am and no matter how, and no matter how bad things are. I have to get up again. I have to get up again. I have to get up again. Now, Phil was here, Phil Pye, our teaching pastor. He's not really into this, but there's something called biblical numerology, that numbers in the Bible mean something. So the number seven is, is perfection, okay? So each number, particularly if it's mentioned many, many times, there's a reason why that is. And interestingly, 20... 2020, 20 is a year of fulfillment. It took 20 years for Jacob to see the fulfillment of his wife because he was tricked. And he had Leah and the fulfillment was Rachel. And it took 20 years for that to be fulfilled. My point that I wanted to make again is it may be that you feel like your life is unfulfilled. I want to encourage you to get up again. To get up again. Three things you've got to, shake, you've got to get removed. Shake the dust of defeat. Remove the dregs of despair. And silence the yell of worthlessness. I've had to do all these. I've had to shake the dust of defeat. I've had to remove the dregs of despair. And I've had to silence the yell of worthlessness. That's the chant that has been over me. You're worthless, you're worthless, you're worthless. No, we've got to get up again because it's worth it. And you have to, we have to understand this. You may say, Christian, I feel so low. I feel so bad. I feel so broken. I feel so wretched. I feel so sinful. Listen to me. When you're at your worst... God is at his best. That's my understanding of how this works. That's why it's amazing grace. When you are at your worst, 
I'm getting to hear some stories of some guys and girls down in our Ilkeston hub campus who some of you would make your hair curl some of the stories that they're beginning to unravel and and say to me about their lives and it's not make-believe it's not you know once upon a time and happily ever after these are real life stories it says there in Proverbs 24 verse 16 for the lovers of God this is for people who are Christians they may suffer may suffer let me tell you they won't may they will suffer adversity and the Bible says and they'll stumble seven times but they will continue to rise over and over again. I want to say that again. For the loves of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over again. But the unrighteous ones, they are brought down by just one calamity and they will never be able to rise again. Resilience and determination is a hallmark of God's people. I want to tell you, if you feel like you've been a bit beaten up, get up again, because it's worth it. If churches beat you up, get up again, it's worth it. If life has beat you up, I want to tell you, get up again, it's worth it. You have a hope, you have a future in Jesus So in conclusion, I honestly believe this is my conviction. This is the welcome back message, foundational word. It's worth serving. It's worth loving. It's worth giving. It's worth attending. It's worth sacrificing. It's worth the time. It's worth the dark nights. It's worth the testing. It's worth the pressure. It's worth the hardship. And this is the decision that I would like to draw us into. I want to be a people that pursue God and his ways to believe that hope and a future for our lives and to go again because it's worth it. I want to finish with these verses. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8. It says this. Listen to them carefully. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do but quitting is not an option. We may be persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection of life, uh, life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being hand o- handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. Let me tell you, it is worth it. It's worth it. So guys, those who are on team here, it's worth it. If you're starting your Christian journey and you feel like, is it worth it? I want to tell you, it's worth it. If you are in a position where you say, well, I'm not quite sure, let me tell you, it's worth pursuing the questions because it's worth it. Our world depends on it. More importantly, your life depends on it. I wonder if we bow our heads. Father, we thank you today.
for your goodness and your kindness towards us. Lord, thank you that your mercies are new every day. Great is your faithfulness.